time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Well, one day late, but better than never. I am uh, I'm doing my best to recover from an illness that has just dropped me to my knees and put me flat on my back the past week and a half, and so uh, I'm just trying to get my weight back. Not that it, I need to, but uh, yeah, lost a bunch of weight, and uh, it's been been uh, interesting. I probably needed the rest. I've I've been working really, really hard, and I think that may have contributed to it as well. And my trip over the Philippines just just wore, wore me out. But uh, anyway, I'm glad to be back and uh, want to talk more about this uh, this topic of dreams, visions, and prophecies. What do we do with these uh, these supposed revelations that are coming from people these days? You know, we were we ended by talking about Paul and how Paul was forbidden to even speak of what he saw in heaven. I mean, how great would that have been? Paul got to see the best stuff in heaven, and yet God said, no, my word is enough. I'll give you everything you need to know about heaven now in my word. You don't need extra stuff, right? What about the book of Jude? What does Jude say? Well, the entire book of Jude, 25 verses, okay, is completely devoted to defending the faith against false teachers and their teaching. And in this little letter to those he describes as the called, the beloved, the kept for Jesus Christ, that's you, by the way, if you know Jesus, he meticulously describes, quote, certain persons who crept in unnoticed to the church. That's either a reference to their deceptive skills or to a lack of discernment in the church or both. I think today it would probably describe both. But just listen to how Jude characterizes these peddlers in the following way, okay? In verses 4, 8, and 10, he says, They have no restraint with regard to their sexual urges. That's one of the first things you see. It's just the fact that their flesh has run rampant. It says that they are dreamers, meaning either they live in this mental fantasy world or that they appeal to dreams and visions as their source of authority. They're dreamers. Rather than readers of the Bible, they're dreamers of their own fantasies. It says in verse 8, they reject authority and accountability. In other words, someone comes in and says, hey, that's not in the Bible. The apostles didn't say that. You can't be teaching that. They reject that authority. It says also in verse 8, they have no respect for angelic majesties. They, they feel like they can command demons or summon angels. It says they're very bad at theology, but very good at immorality, verses 10 through 11 tells us. They reject God's ways just like Cain did, verse 11. It says that they compromise themselves for the sake of money. They are prophets, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S, for profit, P-R-O-F-I-T. And you see, a lot of these people who are claiming to have this divine revelation are just raking in the cash. Beware of teachers who are accumulating wealth on the back of the word of God, on the back of the gospel. Beware of those people. They are false teachers. They are wolves in sheep's clothing. It says they rebel against God-ordained leadership, verse 11. 
It says they are hidden reefs in the church, self-planted to shipwreck the faith of others, verse 12 tells us. In other words, their kind of teaching doesn't lead to a better Christian life. It leads to spiritual shipwreck. They're, they're in reality Satan's secret agents. Jude describes them as clouds without water. In other words, they're big talkers that, that promise much, but they deliver nothing of real spiritual substance. They talk a lot, but when you really boil it down to it, it's like cotton candy. You put water to it, it's just going to melt into this tiny little clump of sugar. That's really what they are. It's a clump of sugar. They promise much, but they deliver nothing of real spiritual substance. Unlike those who are grounded in the truth and are teaching, these clouds are carried along by winds of false doctrines, exactly how Ephesians 4 said they would. And then Christians who believe their garbage are also carried away by their false teaching. It says they're like autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, verse 12 says. In other words, they have no depth, they bear no real fruit, and they have no real lasting power. It says that they are wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, verse 13 says. In other words, their ministries are more emotion and show than spirit and power. And yet they attribute spirit and the spirit's power to their emotion and to their show and their presentation. Beloved, do not confuse presentation for divine manifestation. In other words, don't confuse someone's personality and their ability to present something as the Holy Spirit being there. When you wipe all of that away, when, when you distill all of that presentation away, what truth remains? That's really what you want to look at, is what kind of truth remains behind after all the talk and the show and the hype and the emotion has long gone. It says in verse 13, they're like wandering stars. In other words, they're like a falling star. They're nothing more than a, than a meteoric flash of light, but soon they burn out. Does that sound like a lot of false teachers today to you? Oh, oh by the way, Jude adds in verses 13 to 15, he says, he adds that they will all burn in hell and that their destiny is damnation. These false teachers are also labeled as grumblers who find fault in others. In other words, if you if you try to correct them, oh, they immediately turn against you. Do you see what's going on here? You see exactly what we saw in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus says, Not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Did you get that? Not every person who is willing to publicly confess Jesus Christ as their Lord, not all of those are going to heaven. In fact, he says that many will say, many will say on that day, on the day of judgment, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not heal people of the diseases? Did we not cast out demons in your name? People love to say the in Jesus name thing. Guess what? There are a lot of in Jesus name people running around today who are not going to heaven. So just because someone prophesies or supposedly casts out a demon or supposedly heals someone has zero indication of them going to heaven. Jesus says, I will turn and say to them, I never knew you. 
I never knew you. So it's not about your show. It's not about your activity. It's about what's going on inside. Do these people really know Jesus? And the only way they're going to really know Jesus is through Jesus' word. And if they departed from the word of Christ, they do not know Christ. I don't care how much they talk about him. They don't know him personally, and they're not going to meet him in heaven. Another thing that these these uh, prophecies and some of these dreams and visions uh, tend to um, tend to emphasize is that they tend to be very vague and general. In other words, more like a horoscope than anything else. I mean, instead of saying, okay, in Cleveland, Ohio, on you know, June the 13th at 5 p.m., there's going to be a firebolt come from the sky. It's going to ignite a fire, and people are going to gather and watch the fire, and out of the fire is going to come an angelic being, and the angelic being is going to proclaim to the whole city of Cleveland, and 40,000 people will fall on their face and be saved. No, no, it's never anything like that. It's more of a vague and general horoscope, and it can be interpreted and quote-unquote fulfilled in a variety of ways. Sometimes what people call um, a word from God is nothing more than a restatement of Scripture. Why don't you just quote the Scripture? I mean, doesn't that have more authority? If you're going to share something like, you know, God says that we should uh, abstain from evil, or God says that we should encourage one another in the body of Christ, why don't you just quote Hebrews chapter 10 about encouraging one another? Because that way it actually gives you authority when you quote that. Instead of saying, this came from God to you, well, it's already come from God to the writers of Scripture. So quote the authority, not quote the questionable source. Why not just share the Scripture? Here's another thing. Direct revelation is different from simply godly life wisdom. If you feel strongly about something, for for example, here's a Christian sister and, and she's involved in a relationship with a guy who's, who's not a believer, who's not good for her. You know enough about scripture to be able to say, hey, sister, you need to end this relationship. You're infatuated with him. You're under a, a, under a spell with this guy. And I, as your sister in Christ, or your brother, I'm calling you out on this thing. I'm going to ask you to really consider to leave this guy. Well, you didn't need a word from the Lord. That's just that's just godly life wisdom. And it's backed up by the scripture. And you can go get some scriptures to talk about that, right? So there's a difference between so sometimes what people what people say is a word from the Lord is just simply saying, "Hey, I've, I've lived long enough. I've learned some things and here's what I want to share." But don't say it's directly from God. Cuz in that moment God didn't give you a direct revelation. He just gave you the culmination of your life's spiritual maturity, to be able to say that. Otherwise, everything is direct revelation from God, if you're going to say that. We need to question and reject any new truth that contradicts wildly, excuse me, widely held Christian beliefs. Question and reject any new truth that contradicts widely held Christian beliefs. So along comes someone, and he's introducing this new thought, that no one has ever really thought about before. And you're like, okay, where does that come from? Well, if it's not come from the scripture, then it's not from God. So we need to be suspect of that and we need to reject that. And then 
Also, never elevate personal experience over previously revealed scripture. So, you know, we all have experiences in life. I mean, goodness, we all have those things. But we don't need to elevate that over what God has already revealed to us in the scripture. So, for example, somebody comes along with some prophecy or some supposed vision. Look, if that vision doesn't take place exactly as you foresaw it, then that that came from you. And if you can't back it up with the word, then brother, sister, you need to keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Because otherwise, you become a false prophet. And you do not want to be a false prophet. People who claim to have visited the afterlife and come back and that type of thing. You know, if that were really true, if that were seriously true, God would surely authenticate that with some sort of divine miracles to to accompany that, like he did in the Bible. That when new truth was given, there was an accompanying miracle. The apostles had had miracle working powers. But today you just have a claim. People just claim to do it, and that's, that's all you need. But there's no authority there. The only authoritative voice you really have is the Scripture. So once again, God doesn't need to give you special revelation when he's already given you special revelation in the Bible. I love what Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, seeing, this is verse 3, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So how do we get everything that we need in the Christian life? He tells us, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And where do we get that knowledge? We get that knowledge from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scriptures given is inspired by God. It's profitable for correction, for reproof, for instruction, for training in in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And one final thing is that being personally guided by the Holy Spirit is not the same as divine biblical revelation and visions. If God prompts your spirit to go help someone, then just do it. Because Scripture says that the Spirit, Romans 8, 16, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I mean, there is an internal witness of the Spirit going on to us. There is a mystical element of the Christian life, a subjective element, okay? I mean, John 14, 26, Jesus said that the Spirit will come. He will illuminate. He will guide you. John 16, 13, same thing. He will guide us into truth. He will illuminate God's Word to us. So the Spirit isn't revealing new truth to you, just new guidance based on previously revealed truth. For example, God may say to, 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 go, to go help someone, to go help them, to show an act of mercy. Well, we can back that up with Scripture. God may say, go share the gospel with someone. We can back that up with Scripture. God never says, go up and just clobber someone over the, over the head with a baseball bat. The Spirit is not going to lead you to do that. You're not going to find that in Scripture. So, so the things that God tells us to do, that he leads us to do in our lives, are things that we can back up with the Word of God because the Spirit wrote the Bible. It's God-breathed by the Holy Spirit. So that's why Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians 
chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, he says, if anybody comes to you with a spirit, dream, vision, letter, any of that stuff, and it's not from us, don't believe it. Don't believe it. 1 John 4, 1, John warned us, test the spirits. Don't just blindly receive them. So therefore, here's what that means. Every Christian book that you see published doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit was guiding that author. You better do your homework on the author. Do your homework on the subject. Every time a person gets on the radio or a podcast like this and claims certain things or says or teaches things, doesn't mean it's from God. Test it. Every time a person speaks on a radio program or has a national ministry, sometimes we think, well, gosh, if they got a big old ministry, well, God must be behind it. Are you kidding me? Where'd you get that idea? Show me where you got the idea that just because they're famous or have a big church or have a huge ministry or have an international following, tell me where in the Bible does it say that means they're from God. Don't tell that to some of the Old Testament prophets, the men who truly spoke for God, who are wandering around by themselves. Don't tell that to John the Baptist who got his head cut off for that. Don't tell that to Jesus, whose disciples forsook him in John chapter 6 and in when he entered Jerusalem. They, they cried Hosanna, and then a couple of days later, they cried crucify him, right? So that's no indication, no indication that the Holy Spirit is behind a ministry. Beloved, we are called to contend for the faith. And this is what Jude says. He says, I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So, so what do I do then, Jeff? What, what, do I pay attention to these th the thoughts I have in my head? I had a dream last night. It was pretty wild. Hey, I have a lot of dreams, right? And God will make it clear if, it's, if he's speaking to you in a dream. But he speaks to you right there in your word, right there in the word, right in front of you. Ephesians 5.18 says this. It says, but be filled with the Spirit. And the word filled means to be controlled by. Be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the Spirit. So allow the Holy Spirit to be in charge of your life. Then go about your life with that as a pattern. Then Romans 12.2 says, don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, if you want to know if something is true, someone has said, then let the word of God transform your mind and you will begin to think the thoughts that are coming from the Bible. And the Bible is God's thoughts. So you calibrate your thoughts to Scripture. Now, if, if God calls you to preach, then preach. If God calls you to be an encourager, then be an encourager. If God calls you to be a prayer warrior, then be a prayer warrior. But listen, be very careful what you ascribe to God. You can say, I believe the Lord is leading me. I believe God has put on my heart. I, I believe strongly he's taking me in this direction. That's great. But be careful about saying, here's what God told me to tell the world and to tell the body of Christ. That's prophecy. 
and only prophets do that. So friend, honor the word of God. Honor him and he will honor you. I hope this has been helpful. I hope it gives you some guidance in terms of dreams, prophecies, and visions. Hey, I'll be back on Friday with another Vintage Truth Podcast. I hope you have a great week. God's best to you. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.